There were 24 kidnappings in Mexico City in the last six days. Have you protected a lot of children before, Mr. Creasy? Bodyguards gotta be close to people. You know, I'm no good at that. You're the silent type. People are gonna appreciate that. 16 years of military experience, extensive counterterrorism work. What happened to your hand? It's birth defect. No, it's not. No more questions. That's it. Period. You hear me? Peter just wants to be friends. I regret that your profession needs to exist. So do I, Marjorie. He's like a bear. Yeah? Big sad bear. Good things happen too, Gracie. Yeah? Like what? Like meeting me. <laughs> Gracie, you're smiling. Pita! Welcome to Movie Numbers. My name is Bob Sham. I'm Angela. And uh, the sounds here may be dogs or explosions or torture. <laughs> you may hear the sweet sounds of torture. Mm. And because uh, it is portraits of the artists all month long. And those two artists are two um, definitive black leading men who seem very different in personality. But, yeah. but most of the movie is centered around... Denzel Washington. We are only doing one Tony Scott Denzel movie this month. Uh, they were known for working together quite a bit, but I think the one we picked is a fucking doozy. Oh God, yeah. I don't know what it is about this movie. There's one day you just got to eat all the donuts, right? You just got to. <laughs> you're gonna have the third bowl of sugary cereal, and then fire your editor, or make your editor just do hallucinogens. Oh, sure, yeah. I think yeah, this yeah. is a. I think this is a good LSD movie. I don't. People don't really talk about this. <laughs> like this is a movie you should watch when you're uh, doing LSD. There are some moments where it gets pretty dark. I think when well, you got to go to journeys when you're in, on your hallucinogens. Yeah. They're important. That's how you see inside yourself. But yes, I recommend being heavy on hallucinogens while watching. Uh, the 2004 Tony Scott film, Man on Fire. You know how people might try to watch like uh, Pink Floyd and Wizard of Oz. Mm. Um, right when Denzel, right when uh, the gunshot goes off at PETA's swim meet, 
mm-hmm. then you just start playing uh, Corey Feldman's Angelic to the Core. <laughs> on man on fire and just get out your black light posters yeah make sure you're on lsd shrooms whatever and just let it take you okay man on fire also starring dakota fanning fresh out of that riri movie that we that was her first film i am sam was her first film yeah well we were not kind of that movie i looked her up because i was curious what she's doing now she has done some things but as she got older she's acted less and Christopher Walken is also in it. He plays like his old buddy. Mm-hmm. I guess they were assassins. You know Tony Scott, right? He directed Top Gun, Days of Thunder, The Last Boy Scout, True Romance, Crimson Tide. Do you know what his first movie was? The Hunger. I think it was like a vampire movie. Had a, we, You've seen it. Has Susan Sarandon. <gasps> I David love The Bowie. Hunger. That was Tony, Cot- Tony Cott's. Tony Scott's first movie. I mean, I love that movie. I think that's fun. He's kind of got some fun. He's got movies that range from like, wow, this movie's pretty good to... He's just a very stylized guy. It's so tonally very different from everything else that you listed. Like the rest of it makes sense. He, I think, to go together. Yeah, it was some very like erotic. That movie's like super erotic. It is. True Romance has you know it's got some love eroticism. I do love True Romance, but uh, but everything else is just kind of more like uh, like pure Hollywood stylized action. You know. Yeah. And you know we tragically lost Tony Scott in 2012. But an interesting guy, Ridley Scott seems more like your. I mean, I don't really think he's auteur, but one might push him closer to that camp than they would his brother, Tony. And Tony Scott, you know, it seemed like by the end of his life, he's just a dude smoking cigars and wearing like Ed Hardy shirts and shit. <laughs> and now this, <laughs> I don't even know how to get started with this movie. It also stars um, Mark Anthony, the singer. It does. So... Real quick, I think it's. I think the plot is not that difficult to tell. But the weird thing about this movie is it starts out very. There's like a lot of cuts and a lot of like light flashes and everything's in this weird film. Epileptics, 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 (laughs) whatever. It could cause a seizure. Um, It's (laughs) It's good. I think so. Um, Epilepsy inducing is that maybe what you were trying to say? It's 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 apoplectic. It's a very rapid. (laughs) We'll call it a very rapid movie. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, unsettling i don't like it and they're talking about how someone is kidnapped every 60 minutes yeah in mexico in mexico and how you kind of get the idea that you you do get your people back if you actually give the money they might lose they really just want the money yeah we see this whole um 
scenario play out at the very beginning where a young man gets kidnapped, his father pays the ransom. It's the same deal that we see later with Dakota Fanning, like wave your shirt out the thing, put in the ransom. They get the money, they drop they dropped the kid off in the middle of traffic with no ear and in his underwear, right? But they got him back. So it's like a business. Then it cuts to, you know, Denzel is visiting uh, Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken. At his harem. Well, he has a wife and a kid. But he also has he's very this, in love with. He also has this crib where bikini babes are just all over the place. Live like a king down here. Yes, but don't you get that sense? I actually really love Christopher this, Walken in this movie. This movie feels like, like it, it feels was like in, the nineties. It feels like it was influenced by nineties music videos. Absolutely. Whether it be like fucking Come As You Are or yeah. like every Hype Williams. feels like you could take all the 90s music videos and you're going to somehow come out with this movie. And you, you really do, though, get the impression that he's not boning anybody except his wife. Like, he's desperately in love with this woman. I don't know But he shit. likes looking. No, I, I, I got that impression that he likes being around all these girls. But like, and I mean, at night, he's sleeping in the bed with his wife and his kid. Mm. You know, that's, that's this. He moved to Mexico for this woman. Before this, he and Denzel were assassins together. Yeah, I guess they worked for the government or something. Denzel's a big drunk. They had They a, were in the military. They had a dark past. Yes. They did some bad things. Yeah, and so Denzel is a drunk and he doesn't have a plan. And so he's like, hey, stay here. Be a bodyguard. People need bodyguards. Everyone needs a bodyguard here. And meanwhile, we find out that Mark Anthony... Uh, is broke and had to fire his bodyguard and his lawyer's like you gotta get a bodyguard just get a cheap one so we can keep your kidnapping insurance going you right and his wife who is played by it's Rada something I believe but she looks so much like Charlize Theron I kept having to tell mm. myself that she was not a young Charlize Theron the, well they got a daughter it's Dakota Fanning her, her name, name is, is Lupita and this this kid did not get a, a drop of her dad's jeans. No, <laughs> not a bit. She's just so hilariously like toe headed right in the middle of Mexico. She's so City. pale and blonde. Denzel's character, Creasy, is Creasy, his name. Yes, is hired to guard this girl, but he's also a, a drunken mess, and he's very open about that. And the mom loves him immediately because he's American, and that makes her feel good because she's American. Yeah. That's the only reason she gives. Sure. You know, these Americans, you know. You, you got to stick together. You, If you go into a foreign country, go to the Burger King so you can feel safe. And uh, Dakota Fanning, PETA, immediately likes him and wants to be friends with him. And mm. she starts calling her bear Creasy Bear because she says that he's like a big sad bear. At first is a little stern and kind of rejects the friendship. It's like just I'm not a job. paid to be your friend. But the parents seem to come and go all the time and so he has to be around this girl a lot and they actually become like good friends and because their parents are off traveling, I don't know why they wouldn't take the daughter with them if she's at such at risk of being kidnapped or anything uh but so he he Cuz they're clubbing. She he, said they go out clubbing. That's so The mom was like I went from like, what what hot club are we going to go to to being worried about my daughter? This movie strobes like you're Backwards. at a club. So he becomes like her swim coach and he teaches her how to swim better. And I think it's a big credit to this movie. They actually do convincingly, and I think it's also due to the acting, Dakota Fanning is not a bad little actor. She's a great actress. And 
in that they it does successfully sell that they have a real connection here and, and it he actually, really cares about it her actually really is quite cute yeah there's this moment later where christopher walken says that he cares so much about her because she taught him that it was okay to live again. Mm. Because there is a moment where, you know, he stays at their house. Like, he lives there, obviously, to protect them. And he almost kills himself. Right. He actually literally pulls the trigger, but it doesn't Something fire. Something happens with and, the gun. Yeah, and he actually calls Christopher Walken in that moment. And Christopher Walken is like, bullets never lie. And so, to him in that moment, he's also religious. He reads the Bible a lot. Or he used to be religious, but there's this idea that the bullet wouldn't shoot because it wasn't his time. Yeah. Right? There's that that there's that idea. They keep that's saying a, that the bullet never lies. That's my favorite Bible passage. And he saves it, this the bullet. The bullet didn't shoot because it wasn't its time. The bullet never lies. It wasn't lied. his time. Third Corinthians twenty two <laughs> fifteen. He does quote some Bible verses at the sister at Peta's school, and she's so impressed with him. There's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of corny one-liners here that you just can't help but just like. This is one where it's just like, I'm going to do all the cocaine, okay? I'm not going to sit here and analyze oh, the quality no, of the cocaine. No, yeah, we're at a party. The cocaine's on the table. The rails are fat. Yeah, we don't do this this often, but we're gonna do all the cocaine tonight. That's what this movie is. So he coaches her, and she wins. She wins her swim meet, which she's always said she's not fast enough. And he's like, no. He just teaches her to not be scared of when the when the gun fires. He teaches her that the gun is gonna that the shot is gonna set you free. When that gun fires, it sets you free to go and swim. And so she wins, and it's really great. And in that moment, the sister says to him. You know, he says, you know, I'm, her parents are not here today. And she looks at him and she says, well, today you're her father. And he gets this look on his face. And it actually, like you said, like you believe they really love each other. But I feel like in that moment it got even deeper because he realized, like, I'm all she has at this moment. He knows a mission, right? He knows a goal. And so it's just tied up as any mission except it's something where he just protects instead of having to kill something. Exactly. But then when she gets out of the pool and she runs and grabs him... Denzel is another man that, like, when he smiles big and real and full, it is like, he's so charismatic. You know, she wins the meet, and she goes to her dad, and she's like, yo, dad, I don't want to play the piano anymore. I want to full-time swim. And dad's like, you got to go to piano. And so Denzel takes her to this piano. It's kind of this sweet moment where he's on the street with the dog waiting for her, and you can hear her playing and belching and the teacher, like, arguing at her. And then all of a sudden, the movie changes. Well, we've been waiting the whole time. We know a kidnapping's coming. There were multiple times we were like, is this it? It seems like it's going to happen. I I think we get a good hour before it actually occurs, right? Yeah. And so, yes, police roll up, blockade the street because the police are in on it. And some dudes come up. They've kind of been tracking a car. And And they start spinning, like looking. They've written down most of the driver's license of of a car that they keep. Yeah, that they keep seeing. And Denzel manages to kill like four of these dudes, two cops, but he gets shot up and they manage to kidnap Dakota Fanning. Yes. And she runs back to him because she loves him. If she'd kept running, who knows? But she runs back and they grab her. Now we're in this situation. He's in the hospital. The family has to make deals to their lawyers, played by Mickey Rourke. This guy shows up who's in charge of the kidnapping division. Also, we meet a reporter. Mm-hmm. And a guy who works for Interpol. Mm-hmm. And they seem, you don't know at first, you think he's just kind of casually sexually harassing her. And I guess he is, but 
But uh, it's not sexual harassment if you're also fucking, fucking and not mad about it. But yeah, so she's openly questioning the corrupt police. And the most unbelievable part of this movie is that she doesn't get killed within ten minutes. No, after they just you. scare her once, and then she does exactly what they're trying There's to. There's another her out point of where she's supposed to have like some kind of photographic evidence, and they roll up on her with a shotgun, and they just threaten her. It's like, no, a fucking real Mexican organized crime. They would have blown her fucking head because off because they, they and didn't, taken whatever she was holding right there. Because they didn't want her to put the picture in the paper. But she fucking did it anyway. If you kill her, it's not going to happen. If you don't kill her, she could still fucking do it. And not, she did. We're not promoting killing. We're just, no, not at all. We're just talking about how it would have actually happened. Like, the most yeah. unbelievable part is that they just didn't... Like, actual reporters reporting on cartels yeah. are literally getting executed on camera. I know. He gets... Sni- the Interpol guy sneaks him out of the hospital. And he kind of becomes friendly with Christopher Walken. And they get him into this, like, secret place to heal because he knows the cops are going to kill him. He's like, the cops yeah. are going to kill him if we don't get your friend out of here. Um, And so, Denzel, while he's recovering, they do a drop of money they're supposed to try to get PETA but it goes badly yeah someone interferes to take the money and there's a big shootout and the crime boss that they've been talking to his nephew gets killed the money's gone right they contact the dude again the guy's like my nephew died and the whole thing went tits up sorry it's over and then just hangs up so for the rest of the movie it's assumed that Lupita is Dead. Yeah. When Creasy hears that... It's revenge time. It's revenge time, and he immediately gets up way too soon. He sh- he needed to be in the hospital for like a month, but he's like, I gotta go. And obviously Christopher Walken knows how he is and who he is, and so he's like, we gotta go. And so he helps him get out. Um, Both the reporter, Interpol, and Walken are all like... Let's do it. Do let's it. do it. Kill everybody. Oh, and he goes and sees the mom. And he and she's like, "What are you gonna do?" What I do best, I'm gonna kill him. Anyone that was involved, anybody who profited from it, anybody who opens their eyes at me, you kill them all. You kill them all. You kill them. You kill every one of them. You kill every one of them. And so he's getting just thumbs up all over the place. Like, just go murder. We're going to fuck people up the rest of the movie. Interpol's basically like, we're going to follow him. And you soak it in. <laughs> like, you, you've you been waiting for this. The movie's yeah. been like, you know this kind of shit is coming. And it's been holding back for an hour. And, and then when he starts to like, when he kidnaps a guy, tapes his hands to a steering wheel and starts cutting off his fingers, you're like, yes! <laughs> yes! Blood! <laughs> Torture! Cut fingers off! You know who I am? That part was so good. Oh, right after he kills that guy, that's when I think he gives the line. Revenge is a meal best served cold. Like we say, the move is strobey. It's flashy. It has all the... And as 
And it has all these like random shots. This is what makes it look like a 90s music video. It'll just be like Creasy's just floating in a pool with all his clothes on randomly. Oh, yeah, he's, con- he's constantly floating in the pool and bleeding. There, and there will be images of uh, PETA as he's trying to hunt her down, almost like she's a ghost, even though we find out she's not really dead. And then, uh, but it's like treated like she's a ghost observing his revenge. And also, like the cover, like the filters, the colors change. From shot to shot to shot. There's so many cuts yeah. in this movie. And it's like all over. Like it really does have this just kind of like. It kind of does lend itself to like a feeling of momentum. It does make it feel like there's so much rapid movement. Yes. But really the movie's like. It clears two hours long. Like it's a long ass movie. But it doesn't actually feel that long. right? Okay. There's a, it doesn't feel that long. There's a lot of rapid movement, but then there's also these moments where someone just stares and thinks. <laughs> so they make up the time. Like, there's not, it's not like everything's quick. Like, there are definitely these moments where he's just looking. <laughs> so let's talk about some other badass kills. He sticks a bomb up a guy's ass. This is a charger used by convicts to hide money and drugs. They stick it in their body. They tuck it up their rectum. You familiar with that? This, look at me. Pencil detonator. Timer. Used as a receiver, transmitter. C4. Highly explosive. You put them all together, you got a bomb. Not very sophisticated, but very powerful. That's what you have in your ass right now. Mm-hmm. He does that. That's pretty cool. Um, he goes into a club. He just looks funny, like... <laughs> Denzel looks funny when he's trying to blend in with the underground. When we first saw him, I didn't even recognize him. I'm not joking. For a minute, I was like, who's that guy? (laughs) He looks like your dad trying to be cool. Yeah. He kind of does. Yeah. But he comes in and um, he finds um, this dude that's evolved who's like a white dude. And he's from Mm -hmm. New Jersey. Fucking shotgunning the fuck out of him and burning. He kills another guy before that too, because he's basically looking for what's called the guardian. So you find out that there's this whole police group behind all of this. The guy who he sticks a thing up his butt. He's the president of this like underground police brotherhood of baddies. Right. This this movie's kind of a comedy, isn't it? Unintentionally, we were laughing a lot. Like, but I don't. There's certain points, the one-liners. I don't know. I don't think so. But there is something genuinely we were funny having a great time about this yes yeah uh there are mo- yes there are definitely like hilarious moments and no one knows anyone's name so like the police will like make sure that the kidnapping happens and they hand them off to these people who hold the children until someone else comes to get them to like return them right uh or the kidnapped victim and so yeah he kills these two guys and there's a woman there and he gets more info from her mm. And he actually doesn't kill her because she tells him, "I can give you the girl." And it, it's not the it's not her, but he it is they, that end, girl. they do end up rescuing another girl, and the reporter takes off and helps that and girl comes out. And comes and gets her. So yeah, yeah. and eventually it, it leads him to figuring out who the voice is, the guy they who talk calls, to, yeah. and they they track down his brother's place, and I guess it might be his sister. There's a lady there that's it's pregnant. It's his wife, or, or his. They're they're separated, but it's his woman. It's like the voice's woman. And um, so he's like torturing the brother, has him all shot up, shotguns his fucking hand off at some point, and so. The voice, he manages to get into contact with the voice through them. And the, that's when the voice tells him that Dakota Fanning, P. 
Peter is alive. And he says, I need proof of life. You need to ask her, what is the name? What does she call her bear? And he hangs up the phone and calls back 30 seconds later and says, Creasy Bear. <laughs> I think she said Greasy Bear. <laughs> Creasy, because when he calls, he's like, "Oh yeah, Creasy." I don't like, know why the bear is greasy. The mom calls him Creasy, yeah, which is not his name. It's bizarre. Anyway, that was a sidebar that bugged me the whole time. Why? But that is his name. No, why his name is Creasy. The... She calls him Creasy. She had a southern accent. Yeah, she did. But yeah, so then he knows the girl's alive, so he makes a deal. He's like, "Let's make a deal. A, a life, life for a life. life." So you and... bring the brother, and but you give yourself, mm-hmm. and the girl will go. And, and, and oh, uh, forgot. this is when he he also manages to track um, a paper trail through deposits. That's it. And he realizes that their lawyer, played by Mickey Rourke, is in on it. He goes to confront him. He's already dead. I think he just was killed by the dudes. And, but then he knows that in order for that to work out, her father, Mark Anthony, had yeah. to be in on it too. So before we get to the point where he... Yeah. Is talking to the voice and he, he goes re- to the house. And he realizes when he's in contact with them trying to figure it out that one of the guys that he ends up killing and tort- torturing and killing is like only half the money was there. The other one was paper. And that's when he tracks it down. He realized it was a scam so that Mark Anthony, because he was saddled with debts and uh, from his family and he inherited his gummy lawyer mm-hmm. and so they set up they he didn't intend on having the, the the thing go tits up it was supposed to work the reason it didn't work is because that man from the kidnapping division got involved because right, he the also corrupt police wanted the piece. money he everyone's trying to steal this money and yeah if the if if the drop had gone the way it should have peter would have come back home and so ramos is what's his face's name the father he's obviously been feeling bad this whole time but i love this scene because creasy comes to the house and the mother comes in the room and he looks at her and he's like i i want to talk to your wife or he looks at the man he's like you don't speak i want to talk to your wife and looks at her and he's like did you know were you in on it and she's like what the holy fuck are you talking about because she definitely wasn't and he basically he doesn't even say it he makes ramos admit to his wife you got a wife creasy no i don't have a wife and you'll never know how hard it could be to tell your wife the truth. No, you have a wife. You tell me what happened. He arranged for their daughter to be kidnapped. And so she truly looks at Creasy and she's like, you kill him or I will. And she leaves the room. And Creasy pulls out the bullet that didn't kill him and says, the bullet never lies. Arranges with the mother because the bullet never lies to hold a shotgun against the dude's brother until the pita is the freed. Trade, yeah, and so they do the trade off, and he's been shot at this point. When he went he's to dying. when he went to the house to find the contact to get in touch with the voice, so they successfully free pita. The brother he's mangled up and he's missing a hand, but he managed. But they do he does get his brother back, and they take Creasy and they get him in a car and. But Creasy, he's dying anyway, and he dies in the car. And then we get John W. Creasy. 
his we birth get, and death we, we days. We get a ticker of his birth and death day, and we're like, wait, is this guy for real? And then it's it like, talks about the voice getting arrested and the date that he got arrested. It's like, wait, these are fictional characters. I looked not, it up immediately. It was like, this movie is not based on true I've events. Ne- I don't think, has there ever been a case where it shows like a ticker at the end as though it was based on a true story? Never that I that, have seen. With every, every corrupt cop they wanted you to think it was real with every corrupt cop and mafia member that he killed it should have showed their death date and name see this in movies more often with fictional characters yeah. where every time a character dies it shows their ticker Every movie, fictional, should do this now. Hi, Bob. She am here. Rare uh, explanation here. Um, what you're hearing are visual jokes of uh, characters in other movies. Also in this movie, Man on Fire, that um, Creasy has murdered. You're hearing their... Uh, they're, they're getting birth and death date tickers, like, say, uh, Scarface, uh, Boromir getting killed in Lord of the Rings, and um, and Thomas J. from My Girl. You know that one. That was so sad. Have you watched that death in a while? It's like that little kid, like, run. Just run, you know? Anyway, I just wanted to, to take this rare moment to explain to the podcast listeners what the fuck is going on, because this is all visual. Go see the jokes on YouTube. All right, I think they're funny. I think it should follow this movie's lead. I thought that was so funny. I thought it was so funny. But that's that movie. What a movie to behold. And if I get a hold of some hallucinogens, I'll have to come back to this movie for sure. I would not want to watch this movie on hallucinogens. I'm going to double the dose. It would be terrifying. Put on Corey Feldman's Angelic to the Core and then sit and just watch this fucking movie. Geeked out of our our minds. What a mo- what a movie to take in. I I got to admit that I, I actually think this movie is just 
kind of fun as shit. It is fun. It really is just kind of fun as shit. And, and there's so many things about it that if I see it in certain other movies, the way it might be done in other... Like, it's over-baked as fuck. It's over-cooked oh, yeah. as shit. I can't deny that. But there, but the relationships are established pretty nicely. Yeah. I was surprised at how good that ended up being. Yes. And it held the the action for so long that once you got in it, it was just like you were just eating the whole tub of ice cream. You're doing the fattest, all the rails of cocaine. <laughs> this might not be a hallucinogen movie. This may be a cocaine movie. Ugh. Whatever you guys want to do. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. Could be a caffeine movie, you know. But uh, we're going to give this one through five <laughs> and combine for best out of ten. Yeah. Angela, what are yes. you... Rate Man on Fire from 2004, directed by Tony Scott, the late Tony Scott. I think I'm going to say 3.25. Four. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's any, there's something about this. All the elements come together. It's, it's like overdone and maybe the the funniest and most fun way it possible. It is really fun. I just, and the issues that I have with it are more with, how it looks and the camera shots and the editing and all of that. I do agree that the relationships Walken are great. Christopher Walken is has, brilliant. He has a harem. That's .25 right there. <laughs> and you just keep adding. Suppository bomb. There's a bird in That's this movie. That's a .5. Yeah. There's a bird. Point, .25. There's a dog. There's a dog. .5. <laughs> the line, revenge is best served cold. That's <laughs> Point seven five, right the there. Bullet never lies. You just keep bullet never lies. She, Bible quotes. With her own money, she buys him a necklace from the patron saint of lost causes and puts it in a bear box. Okay, okay, I'm I'm gonna Look, go up to a three point five. Okay, and there's also a scene, and I couldn't find the clip of it mm-hmm. because this movie clips that you find online are definitely focused post kidnapping. Mm. But the song at one point, <laughs> uh, uh. Creasy buys a from Linda a street Ronstadt. stand a best of Linda Ronstadt collection, <laughs> but he only plays her cover of Blue Bayou. Yeah, and so Blue Bayou keeps popping up in this movie. I don't know why. I don't know how it's supposed to connect, but I couldn't find it. I wanted to find it so bad, but there's a part where Blue Bayou starts playing, and Peta's in the house, in her room, and then while Blue ba- Linda Ronstadt's rendition of Blue Bayou plays, she jumps up, and it's slow motion, falls upon her bed, and it's just like, there's just, you gotta concentrate to overcook your meat this much. You know, the Blue this Bayou isn't an accident. comes around and around and around, and then that's what he says to her at the end, when he says, go home, go, go to your mom, go home, and she says, where are you gonna go? And he goes, I'm gonna go home too. <laughs> to the blue bayou. Of course it's a four. <laughs> oh, I looked up when was the first uh, use of revenge is best served cold. I mean, it's a proverb. But the first time it seemed to be done in a movie was in Wrath of Khan. <laughs> and there you go here. Take a look. It's a B plus in league with Eyes Wide Shut in Bruges. Miracle on 34th Street, yeah. Role Models, Bad Santa, Collateral. I think it makes sense to be in, in league with like Imbruge and Collateral for sure. Man on Fire is at least 
as good as those movies. And I also find that there is a rewatchability here for me. This movie should have some kind of like a cult appreciation like how they've done with Rocky Horror or The Room where they they do certain things when certain things happen in the movie. Like when Blue Bayou plays, you hold up your copy of the essential Linda Ronstadt or mm. something like that. Or like maybe you bring actual bullets whenever you know he fails to kill himself, you throw bullets in the yeah, theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he says you know? revenge is best served cold, you yell ice cold. Yeah. <laughs> this movie deserves that type of treatment, I think. <laughs> and like you wave a Bible around, stuff like that. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but yeah, oh. that's Man on Fire. I think it's a solid four. And <laughs> so there you go. And um, uh, we're going to get a little, I haven't seen the one yet that we're talking about on Friday. Um, you know, our, our theme this week has been artists of service, artists in service, mm. whether it be a military pass or in dedication to someone else. And many, and other Denzel characters we've encountered this month have military backgrounds, equalizer, devil in a blue dress. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but there, there's something seems to be the service is focused here, and so um, we'll be talking about a movie I haven't seen yet. Um, I think it's directed by the, that dude. What's his first name? Zweig or something. He's worked with Denzel before, hmm. but Courage Under Fire, which I believe hmm. co-stars Meg Ryan. I have seen this movie. So that is a. Uh, I was a big Meg Ryan fan. This Friday, that is what we will In be discussing. So. Check the show notes for links to other places to find us. Like, subscribe. Tell us what you think about Man on Fire. Did you revel in it as much as I did? Like, subscribe. Leave a comment. Correction. Uh, fun facts. I love those. And in the meantime. Revenge is a dish best served cold. Don't